I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In our hundredth episode, we're celebrating with some fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. So cross your I's and dot your T's. And let's get civical. Oh my god, thank god, finally. That's it. <laughs> fucking 2021. That's it. That's the episode. That's the hot take. We made it. That's the hot take. We made it. We made it. And it's also our 100th episode. It's like, it's so overwhelming to think about it. And it's so unglamorous the way it's happening today. <laughs> I'm in Literally a closet. Literally could not be. <laughs> I'm in a closet. <laughs> in a house full of my family. It's like, this is not... <laughs> This is not as organized or as ceremonial as I wanted it to be, but it's also, I think, indicative of just how we are, you know, which is making it work under any circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My my setup is currently on a a device that I got my mother for Christmas, which is a thing that you hook up to your tires to check the pressure. That was something I asked for. And so we're, listen, you may think you have a glamorous down there in Texas, but up in Ohio, we doing it right. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so here we are. So as we teased before the end of last year in our episodes, we're going to do something super, super fun for our 100th episode. And what's more fun than, I'm so excited, than an episode just full of fun facts. Fuck yes. Lizzie, this is honestly one of the most um, impressive ideas you've ever had. Thank you for saying that because I come up with mm. a lot of ideas. Most you not do. impressive. But this was highly this is, impressive. It just came to me sort of in a dream. And the dream was we have to figure out what we're going to do for 100 episodes. 100%. And this was it. This is it. I'm really excited about this. Because we often don't like get to do fun facts that are just like rando. And I love yeah. learning all of this random stuff. I was so all excited. over the board. I was all over the board. I started off like my first 10. I start. I tried to be organized. I'm going to do, I was like, I'm going to do five facts about this and then five facts about that. Oh. And then that was very, very tedious. So then I just started pulling random facts. So, yep. so the first, yep. the first 10 are very specific and then the rest are all over the board. And that's what we love to do. 
<laughs> it's kind of like a metaphor for our life. At first, we're exactly really great right. and organized. And then it all kind of goes to shit and you roll with it. You roll with the punches. You roll with the punches, you guys. So what we decided to do is we're going to just switch off telling each other fun facts. I'm curious to see if we've chosen the same fun facts I'm interested. I thought that as well. And I have an extra one just in case that does happen. Okay. You're so prepared. I don't. But I, (laughs) but I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I really, I tried to get random. I tried to get, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be be great. It's going to be great. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Who's yours? I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Fun fact one. Okay, I should say mine are coming from Best Life Online. It's these are like listicle websites. <laughs> Legends yeah, of yeah, America yeah. and Reader's Digest. Love. Fun fact number one. The president of the United States is the most dangerous job. And if you think about it, 45 people have held this title. Four of those were assassinated in assassinated in office. Lincoln, Kennedy, James Garfield, and William McKinley. And four died of natural causes, Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Harding, and FDR, which is a rate of almost 18%. Nearly one out of five died in the job. <laughs> so amazingly, that was one of my fun facts. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Love it, right? Because you saw you saw death and murder, and you're just like, yes, of course. No, I, I saw that, and I was like, huh. It's the most dangerous, like, uh, yeah, CEO job in the country is the president. In the country. Isn't that amazing? Isn't yep. that amazing? Yep. Okay. My first fun fact, um, this is coming from biography.com. George Washington had a temper. In 1814, Thomas Jefferson wrote about Washington, quote, his temper was naturally high-toned, but reflection and resolution had obtained a firm and habitual ascendancy over it. If ever, however, it broke its bonds, he was the most tremendous in his wrath. Another general, Charles Scott, later recounted Washington, quote, he swore that day till the leaves shook on the trees. Charming, delightful, never have I enjoyed such swearing before or since. Sir, on that memorable day, he swore like an angel from heaven, end quote. Oh my God. I love that. I wonder what he swore with. That's so, I want, like, what were the swear words of the 1700s? I don't know. We should, we should find it out. Gosh, God, I bet God damn it was in there. I bet God damn it was in there. I wonder if, I don't know when the word fuck originated, but I would love an audio bite of George Washington being like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Mouthful of wood. <laughs> Mouthful of wood. All right. Give me the next one. Okay. Number three. Multiple copies of the Declaration of Independence were written. Quote, after the adoption of the uh, Declaration of Independence, the word obviously needed to be spread throughout the nation. The reproduction of this text was overseen by the Committee of Five, which included Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Ben Franklin, Roger Sherman, who has been lost to fucking history, and Robert Mm -hmm. Livingston. Poor Robert. Poor Roger Sherman. He just... Who is he? Maybe we should, that should be like our 101 episode is, who is Roger Sherman? Who is he? While hundreds of copies were made, only 26 survive today. Most can be found in museums and libraries. However, three are privately owned. Imagine just like, like, where do they put it? They put it in like their office? Yes. (laughs) Next to their degree? (laughs) Here's my degree from Tulane. Also, the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) Okay. Number four. This is from Constitution Facts. Thomas Jefferson died broke. Before his death, Jefferson was able to alleviate part of his financial problems by accepting $25,000 for his books from Congress. Those books were used to begin, you guessed it, the Library of Congress. Friends even tried to organize a lottery to sell part of his land to help, but it was not enough. Dude, get your numbers in order. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I feel much better about my situation knowing that Thomas Jefferson, one of the most famous dudes in history, also struggling, like struggling, struggling, struggling with debt, struggling Struggling with debt. debt. Of course, when he went to college, it was two cents of credit. Let's not go there. Sure. Sure. Number five. Some states have more cows than people. <laughs> According to Vox, Idaho, you're welcome. You're welcome. According to Vox, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, and Wyoming 
have fewer humans than they do cattle. In these states combined, there are 32,489,391 cows. That's more than one-third of America's total cow population. Wow. Wow. I know, we've always joked about it. It's great to hear. Yes. It's great to hear the numbers. It's good to put numbers to the hilarity because mm-hmm. it's one of those things we throw around and we're like, of co- like, why do cows get more votes than people in Wyoming? Right. <laughs> uh, and you're like, it's just, it's true. There are just more cows than people. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Number six. Am I on number six? Mm-hmm. This is from Constitution Center. Washington's last words were spoken around 10 p.m. on December 14th. Quote, I am just going. Have me decently buried and do not let my body be put into the vault less than three days after I am dead. Then, he said, quote, do you understand me? Tis well. End quote. I love that. I'm going to use that. Do you understand me? Tis well. Tis well. And the supplementary fun fact is that he was afraid of being buried alive. So that's why he was like, wait three days. So you don't accidentally bury me alive. I was and I I'm was like, gonna fair, ask very fair, fair yeah very fair, fair. so also yeah. a f- also a fear I appreciate that George mm-hmm. <laughs> number seven Lady Liberty our our good friend Lady Liberty who we're going to go see at some point next year is actually a resident of New Jersey I saw I saw that I saw that one Did isn't you? that crazy because she's it's in so yeah crazy. she's in New Jersey. <laughs> She's a New Jerseyer. The Statue of Liberty, which adorns pretty much every bit of tourist memorabilia you can purchase in New York City, the Big Apple, is actually not located in New York City at all. It's technically in Jersey City, New Jersey. The copper statue was a gift from France to the U.S. in October of 1886. And you can and should go back and listen to that episode because it's one of my faves. Oh, my God. That one's so great. So great. great. This next one is an excerpt. Like, the fact is coming from an excerpt from uh, The Life of Benjamin Franklin by Benjamin Franklin. And so I will read the excerpt, but I will say what the fact is first. So the fun fact is, this is number eight, Ben Franklin enjoyed, quote, air baths. And the excerpt is, hold on one second, let me pull it up. Where did it go? Here we go. Quote, this is from Benjamin Franklin. Quote, you know, the cold bath has long been in vogue here as a tonic, but the shock of the cold water has always appeared to me, generally speaking, too violent. And I have found it much more agreeable to my constitution to bathe in another element. I mean, cold air. With this view, I rise early almost every morning and sit in my chamber without any clothes, whatever, half an hour or an hour according to the season, (laughs) either reading or writing. This practice is not in the least painful, but on the contrary, agreeable. And I'm going to end the quote there. But yeah, it's like a whole section. (laughs) That's wild. I fucking, he's like, I like to get nakey nakey and sit in the cold air. A good and crisp air 30 out. degrees. Air it out. Air, air it that out. shit out. Mm-hmm. That is hysterical. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one so far. We've got some okay, more to great. go, Love but that's that. my favorite one so far. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He loved cold air baths. Oh my God. I kind of just like, if it was like, if I lived in a place where I could just like, it was just like acres of field forever and I could walk outside naked, I would totally do that. Yeah. Okay. Number, what are we on? Nine. California's state animal does not exist in the state anymore. They've all been murdered. Before the (laughs) mid-1800s, thousands of grizzly bears could be found across California, so much that the animal became the state's official animal. But now all of the grizzlies are gone because they've been murdered. What changed then in the mid-1800s, you ask? If you guessed the state's gold rush, you're right on the money. But then, between the 1800s and 1922, every living grizzly in the state of California was captured or killed. And according to, like, whatever listicle I got this from, the tagline that they put at the end was, and all they got was a lousy flag. <laughs> oh, God. So, like, disjointed. I'm like, all these grizzly bears are gone. They're gone. They're gone. It's yeah, that's so sad. sad. Pour one out for the grizzlies. Yep. Okay, number 10. A fifth of the way there. This is from Mental Floss. James Madison was the nation's smallest president. He was 5'4 and weighed 100 pounds. I saw that fun did you fact do that one? too. No, no, no. Oh, I okay. saw that. I did see that one, but I didn't put it on my list because the listicle that I was looking at was like, 
he weighed less than a teenage girl. And I was like, fuck you, listicle. That's such a <laughs> to say. That's definitely about teenage a girls and like presumes like a body image and weight that a teenage girl should have. Exactly and I was right. Like, Fuck you. It is. It is small, and that, and I always knew that he was small, but this was a shocking. That is small. a small, small, tiny human. Small man. Small man. Small man. Yeah. Okay. Number eleven. The federal government poisoned people during prohibition. <laughs> I did this one too. Did you? Great. You've <laughs> yeah. likely heard about. <laughs> you've likely heard about how crazy some of the law enforcement of prohibition. Could the, the law enforcement activities of prohibition could be, but it turns out that the U.S. government literally poisoned alcohol in its effort to discourage drinking. <laughs> when people continued to consume alcohol despite its banning, law officials got frustrated and decided to try a different kind of deterrent, death. They ordered <laughs> the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured in the U.S., which were products reg- regularly stolen by bootleggers. By the end of prohibition in 1933, the federal government, the federal, (laughs) the federal poisoning program is estimated to have killed at least 10,000 people. I know. Isn't that crazy? I saw that and I was like, oh my God. That is absolutely wild. The federal poisoning program? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And we're not talking about NOM. Like that's. No. Wild. You know what? The the early, the 20s and 30s of the 19s were wild. Wild. They we were just like, kill humans, people. fuck them. Yeah, just kill them. Bye. Bye. Yep. Okay. Uh, number 12. Black Union soldiers refused their salaries for 18 months to protest being paid lower wages than white soldiers. This is coming from history.com. Quote, When black soldiers began signing up with the Union Army in early 1863, they were paid $10 a month. White soldiers were paid at least $13, with officers earning more. Blacks were further insulted when when only they were charged a $3 monthly fee for clothing, lowering their pay to $7. As a result, the highest paid black soldier earned about half the lowest paid white soldier's salary. To protest these conditions, black regiments refused to accept their inferior wages. Finally, pressure from the abolitionist congressmen coupled with the courage black soldiers had shown in combat persuaded Congress to rectify the pay structure. In September of 1864, black soldiers finally received equal pay that was retroactive to their enlistment date. For many, this meant they finally had enough money to send home to their families. Oh my god. Yeah. Protest. Unionizing. We love to see it. That's heartbreaking and then... Uh, also a great outcome mm-hmm. number 13 i feel like eventually we're gonna forget what number it is and we're just gonna hopefully we're keeping track number 13 we're just gonna go next one <laughs> next one eventually and and next so george washington was not always on the one dollar bill the first person to appear on the one dollar bill was salmon p chase it was issued during the civil war in 1862 chase was the secretary of treasury at that time and was also the designer of the country's fir- country's first bank notes yeah i saw that that fact and his name is salmon like the fish like the fish like yep. the fish and i thought that like was interesting fish. too yes yes i do love that he designed a bill and was like you know what fuck it i'm putting my own goddamn face on it mm-hmm. hey i would do that are you joking i would do it too i would do it too okay so number 14 this is from business insider in world war ii British soldiers got a ration of three sheets of toilet paper a day. Americans got 22. Wow. I know. Brits, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Three sheets of toilet paper a day. Oh, my God. I wonder if... And then Americans are over here with an entire roll. Entire roll of paper. Do you ever wonder if, like... Well, I guess they were allies, but, like... I wonder if they got, this is such a horrible, I just imagine them like taking them off of the dead bodies. Like get the toilet paper, get the toilet paper. Sure. I mean, you got to do what Take you got to do. Paper. Don't leave the toilet paper behind. Yeah. It's been long yeah. enough. We can joke about that, right? That was, that was, that's not too soon. Yeah. Number, oh God, it's happening. 16, 15, 15, number 15. Uncle Sam was a real person. His name was Samuel Wilson. He was a meatpacker in Troy, New York, who fought in the American Revolution. He later became the official meat inspector for the Northern Army in the War of 1812. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, wow. 
Wilson was given the nickname Uncle Sam for his good nature. According to the Huffington Post, when he was when he started providing and inspecting meat for the troops during the War of 1812, the soldiers from Troy would joke that the initials U.S. label on the barrels actually stood for Uncle Sam because his name was Sam Wilson. This idea was eventually expanded to all United States military items with U.S., and that's how Uncle Sam came to be. I bet being a meat inspector is gnarly. Back in 1812? I mean, ugh, I don't want to know how that was packaged and transferred did they have plastic wrap and i just you know like what did you pack it <laughs> you, like a barrel with salt yep i guarantee yep that's probably it okay number 16 panic over a soccer field led to the cuban missile crisis this is coming from cnn <laughs> When a CIA consultant spotted soccer fields along the coast in Cuba in September of 1962, he became concerned because, as he put it, quote, Cubans play baseball, Russians play soccer. The CIA analyst had deduced that the field indicated the presence of a Soviet military camp nearby. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. A missile crisis over a soccer field. Yeah, because they're like, the Russians are there. Yeah. The Russians are in Cuba. Go get him. Go, Go get him. him. Number 17. This one we've talked about before, but because it's my home state and because I'm literally recording this in Ohio, I just felt like we needed to be reminded of the fact that Ohio mm. did not officially become a state <laughs> until 1953. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Definitely worth remembering. <laughs> definitely worth remembering. So goes Ohio. Maybe goes the nation-ish. Ohio Congressman George H. Bender brought a bill to the United States Congress asking them to retroactively admit his state into the United States of America. That's why, despite yeah. being the bill being passed in the 50s, Ohio's official founding date is 1803. Thomas Jefferson had approved the territory that would become Ohio more than a century before Bender proposed the bill. However, due to an accidental oversight, Ohio had never been formally admitted to the Union. Whoopsie-daisy! <laughs> That's why you got to cross your I's and dot your T's, honey. That's right. That's right. Or, Make sure it's sorry, all signed. Dot your I's and cross your T's. Listen, you cross those I's. You don't let anybody you have to cross stop the I's you. and dot the T's, guys. It is you 2021, really bitches. You can do We're whatever crossing the, the I's fuck and dotting you want. The T's. That's exactly right. I love that. Okay, number 18. Abraham Lincoln is in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, I saw that one. Mm-hmm. This is coming from HuffPo. A 22-year-old Lincoln was described as able to, quote, outrun, outfit, outwrestle, and throw down any men in Sagamon County. In one match, the future president reportedly became angered by his opponent's attempt to cheat, so he used his long arms to pick up the opponent by the throat and shake him around. The Wrestling Hall of Fame has only been able to find one recorded wrestling defeat in Honest Abe's 300 matches. Holy shit! I know, right? It's like Hulk Hogan over here, man. God, You don't wow. think of Old Abe as being a wrestler. Old Abe, no. The Rock, Lincoln. Well, because he was, he was tall, but he was like a gangly tall. <laughs> yeah. Thin. We know him as thin, but I guess yes. at some point he was muscular. I don't know. All right. Get yours, honey. Get yours. Yeah. Get yours. Number 19, Monowai, Monowi, Monowai. It's a town in Nebraska. They have a single resident who is 83 years old. She is the city's mayor, librarian, and bartender because let's cover the bases. Her name is... She's uh, my icon. Her name is Elsie, Elsie Eiler. She pays taxes to herself and considers people who reside 40 miles away to be her neighbors. Get yours, Elsie. Get yours. Get yours, Elsie. I'm so with Elsie right now. I'm so with her. <laughs> You're like, the house full of my family <sighs> members is making me be... I want to be in my town of one. <laughs> Number 20. The Statue of Liberty has a Morton's toe. And a Morton's toe is when your second toe is longer than your first big toe. This was an idealized form in Greek sculpture, and that's why the Statue of Liberty has the fairly common condition. That's from Huffington Post. A Morton's toe. A Morton's toe. I did just check my toes. I do not have a Morton's toe. I do on one foot. All right. You and the Statue of Lib. Hey, girl. It's also supposed to mean that you're royalty, and yeah. honestly, I really appreciate that interpretation. For sure. Number 21. 
The Library of Congress has miles of bookshelves. Specifically, they have 838 miles of bookshelves, to be exact, consisting of more than 39 million books. The library receives some 15,000 items each working day. That is insane. It's insane. I did that fact, too. It's huge. 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 Like, like that's 15,000 a day. No wonder so many people work at the Library of Congress. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, a book on Roger Sherman. Thank God we don't have any. Nobody talks about him anymore. <laughs> Catalog it. <laughs> Altogether, these bookshelves are long enough to stretch from Houston to Chicago. Yeah, a lot of bookshelves. Very long. It's so far. Okay, number 22. Susan B. Anthony was meant to be on the mountain, Mount Rushmore, with the presidents, but a funding problem got in the way. So this is coming from Business Insider. Susan B. Anthony was a vital player in the women's rights movement and a famous advocate of women's voting rights. Her place in American history made her a perfect candidate to be featured on Mount Rushmore. In fact, a bill was proposed in Congress in 1937 that would include the suffragette, but it was too late. Work on the monument had already begun, and an existing bill stated federal funds for the project must only be spent on the work that had already started. So the work on Mount Rushmore started in like the late 20s, mid late 20s. And then in 37, somebody comes along and is like, maybe we should tack on Susan B. And they're like, "Ugh, we've already allocated the funds. We can't be adding on. And so she didn't get on the mountain. We've only got money. That's uh, like, they've only got money for the men. I just feel like that's par for the course, ladies. Some BS. Par for the course. Only money for the men. Mm-hmm. 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 Number 23. You can obtain a unicorn hunting license for Michigan's Lake Superior State University. <laughs> I saw this one. <laughs> obsessed. The unicorn hunters. Obsessed. Obsessed. The unicorn hunters were created in 1971 by W.T. Rabe, who was, also, who was known for his clever PR stunts from his time as a Detroit area publicist. And honestly, get it. Like, a get unicorn it. hunting license. Get it. Who are the hard-hearted people who are going to hunt the unicorns? The same people who hunt elephants. It's true. <laughs> They're That's out there. It's true. Same people who kill giraffes. They exist. You know, those kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Okay. Number 24. Lyndon Johnson issued the first Medicare card to Harry Truman. This is coming from Mental Plus. President Truman was the first to call for federal medical insurance that would take care of those at retiree age. So President Johnson made it a symbolic act to sign the bill creating Medicare at the Truman Library awarding the 81-year-old Truman the first card. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. And also it just means like, it's not like a, it's like all old people or all elderly people, not just like poor elderly people. You know, like it's different yeah. when like a former president gets the first, you know, it just means like it's for everybody. Oh, I love it's that. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Oh my God, why are the numbers so hard for me? Number 24? You're 25. 25. Thank you so much. We're halfway there. (laughs) We're halfway there. Number 25. We're halfway there. The founding fathers penned the first couple of drafts of the Declaration of Independence on hemp paper, since at the time, at least 75% of all the world's paper was made from cannabis hemp fiber. I love that. Yeah. Weed paper, man. Weed paper. Weed paper. Weed paper. Write it down. Pen pen to parchment. (laughs) Pen to weed parchment. Write it down. Exactly right. Let's go. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea, 
Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Okay, number 26. This might be my favorite, one of my favorite facts. This is coming okay. from, again, a Mental Floss article. Jimmy Carter wrote a children's book. <gasps> the Little Baby Snoogleflieger is about a young boy growing up in poverty who meets an unusual deep-sea creature. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet! I couldn't resist oh. sweet little Jimmy. Yes! Oh my goodness, I have a Jimmy fact in here too, but that not that one. That is adorable. Number 27. The last person to receive a Civil War pension from the United States government was Irene Triplett, who got a $73 a month check until her death at the age of 90 in June of 2020. Oh, my God. Well, dang. Right? Right? Well, she I was like, hold an the infant? fucking phone. That doesn't add up. She... How does this... <laughs> I... Do the quick math. Too old. Triplett's father, Moses, deserted the Confederate Army and joined the Union during the Civil War. He was 84 when he fathered Irene. So she's getting her father's pension uh... from the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And he was mm -hmm. old AF. He was 84 when she was born. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <gasps> yep. Yikes. Damn. Okay. Okay. We love to see it. Also, yep. uh, my nephew just woke up. So if our listeners hear a screaming child, that's what it is. We're not going to try to edit it out. It's just what it is. No. <laughs> it is what it he is. Just woke what up it from is. His Listen, nap. we are still, we are not back in New York. We are with family. Mm -mm. We are still with the elements. Okay. Number 20. Ooh, is it six? I think it's 28. 28. Sorry. 28. Here we go. We're good. The United States is one of only three countries to, that have not officially switched to the metric system. Liberia and Burma are the other two. This is from USA Today. Still not on that metric. Everybody else is, not us. Not us. We refuse. Stubborn AF. Stubborn I know. AF. Number 29. One of the 13 articles in the 1781 U.S. Articles of Confederation states that if Canada wants to be admitted to the Union, it will automatically be accepted. I remember Come this. Come on down. You're the next contestant. I remember contestant. we did this. It's like the most random article mm -hmm. when we did our Articles of Confederation episodes, which were so funny. Yeah. You guys. So funny. Anytime. Anytime you want to be a part of the United States. Come on down. Just knock on the door. You don't. Just let yourself in. Let yourself in. Yeah. yeah. Just use the key. The key is under the mat. Come in the back door. I love that. 
Okay, number 30. John Marshall is one of two Supreme Court justices to appear on U.S. currency. This is coming from the Constitution Center. Marshall was on the $500 bill, while Salmon P. Chase, who we talked about earlier, was on the $10,000 bill. Neither bill is in circulation today. Oh, my God. Is there a $10,000 bill? Who has one? Well, like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know when they took it out of circulation. But at some point, my goodness, according to the Constitution Center and our friends, there was a ten thousand dollar bill. They're probably like, well, this doesn't need to I be. One. Okay, go get one. Go get one. Who's who's? <laughs> what would you buy with a ten thousand dollar bill? It's like here's you know here's four of them. I'll take my yacht now. Like what? Yeah. Who's care? Who's packing ten thousand dollar bills? It's a lot. It's um, a lot. That's really funny. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. That's like Monopoly money. Like, it's not It is Monopoly money. Yeah. Number 29? Nope. 31. (laughs) No, I'm odds. Oh, 31. Great. Mm -hmm. Wow. Y'all, we'll get there. We'll get there at some point. (laughs) 31. The national anthem, called the Star Spangled Banner, was written by Francis Scott Key during the War of 1812, and the song was adopted as the national anthem in 1931. Cute. Cute. Just a little cute short fun fact. Love fun fact. Love fun fact. Okay, number 32. There was a justice's grandson on the court. John Marshall Harlan II served from 1955 to 1971. His grandfather was the legendary John Marshall Harlan I, who served on the court from 1877 to 1911. The elder Harlan, the first one, was known as the great dissenter for his opposition to rulings that promoted Jim Crow laws in the South. This is coming from Constitution Center. So there's been a grandpa and grandson. A grandpa and grandson. Man, I wonder what that dad in between was like. (laughs) Yeah. Because he just felt like a real failure. I know. Decided to become a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, they're like, all right. He's an artist. That's fine. (laughs) Okay, let's see if I can get this right. Number 33. Ulysses S. Grant was the first president to run against a female candidate. Virginia Woodhull, the nominee of the Equal Rights Party in 1872. Yes. Yes, Virginia. Yes, Yes, Virginia. Meet Virginia. That's what the the train song is about. (laughs) That's Meet Virginia, Equal Rights Party. Meet her, 1872. I love that. Okay, number 34. Warren G. Harding's wife was the first first lady to vote, fly in an airplane, operate a movie camera, own a radio, and invite movie stars to the White House. She was also accused of poisoning her husband, Warren, who died during his third year in office. This is from firstladies.org. Shout out to this broad. Holy I hope she shit. killed him. Hope she killed him. We do wish. What do we think that she murdered him in office while he was like that? Like, yeah, he, he died in office. Poison- <gasps> he he died Where in his third is year. This movie. Shut I know. the front door. Where is this? Come on, Spielberg. You got one more know. in you. Shout out! <gasps> shout out! Oh yes. my god! Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. feel I feel the script coming. That's awesome. Yes. I mean, murder murder isn't great, but like that's a great story. But that's great. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Number 35. A South Dakota miner started started calling Mount Rushmore by this name, Mount Rushmore, after a visiting New York attorney, Charles Rushmore, inquired about the name of the granite cliff. <laughs> <laughs> the name stuck and became official in 1930. I love that some guy was like, what's the name of that rock? And the other guy was like, yo, it's Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I named it after you, dude. I love you, man. <laughs> love you, man. The original bromance. Yeah. Okay, number 36. In 1893, an amendment was proposed to rename the country, quote, the United States of Earth. This is from Constitution Center. <laughs> it didn't pass. Who? Some rep, some representative in the house was like, what about the United States of Earth? And I was like, no, 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 we're good. We're sticking with our name. We're sticking with our yeah. name. Number 37. In 1919, Boston had a molasses disaster. (laughs) 
It's really interesting how molasses is like the quintessential linchpin of so many American stories. Like the first, yeah. wasn't it the first case? Yeah, Marbury. Yeah. At the time in 1919 in Boston, two million gallons of crude molasses no, my burst God. from a tank. I know. It's so dramatic, the writing. This is for sure an intern. Burst from a tank and pushed its way through the neighborhood and city. It killed at least 21 people. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Like, what? And took weeks to clean sad. up. I mean, was it just, like, dripping down the bill? How did it kill people? I, I just imagine it being, like, a very slow, very sticky flood. Yeah, that's a rough one. Right? That's a rough that one. That would be my guess. That's a, that's, that's a rough way to die. Oof. Okay, 40. The number of bourbon barrels in Kentucky outnumbers the state's population by more than 2 million. This is from the Kentucky Distillers Association. Yes, I had this one too. It's so good. Oh, I love it. I mean, how can we not? How can we not? (laughs) Number 41. Neil Armstrong was the first man on the moon, but he was also the first man lost in space. Oh my God. He was aboard. I know. Like, talk about a comeback man. He was aboard Gemini 8 when it began spinning out of control while attempting a docking maneuver. Armstrong almost blacked out before correcting the problem. I would black out. I would black out. Very bad on planes. I would planes. black out. I would black out. Also, it just goes to show you, like, you can almost get lost in space and come back and, like, be one of the most famous men in history. Like, you can t- yep. turn it around. You never know what's next turn on your Turn it journey. around. You can change your stars. Turn you it around. You can change your stars. Yep. Absolutely. Change your stars. Okay. 42. Many states have official state foods, but only Oklahoma has an official state meal. This is coming from the Oklahoma Historical <gasps> Society. And the meal is squash, cornbread, fried okra, barbecue pork, grits, biscuits, sausage and gravy, Corn, strawberries, chicken fried steak, black eyed peas, and pecan pie. It's like a feast. That is a fucking feast. It's a that feast. Is like, that is like every single person on whoever passed that bill was like, what's your favorite food? Like, just write it down. That's the meal. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's hysterical. Pork and fried okra. Fun fact, I was in Austin this past week and got barbecue and fuck me up. That shit was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I it's brought some of it down, back yeah. to Toledo. It's so good down there. (laughs) Number 43. The United States' current 50-star flag was designed as a school project by 17-year-old Robert G. Heft. Did you do this one? No, I didn't, but I I read this one. Yeah. Okay. Heft received a B-minus for his efforts, Mm -hmm. but his teacher said... Oh, Jesus. He would reconsider the grade if Congress accepted Heft's ostensibly mediocre design. In 1959, that's precisely what happened, and Heft's design was selected to be the latest iteration of the American flag. His teacher promptly changed his grade to an A. Bitch, that is A-plus work. That is A-plus work. That is A-plus work. (laughs) That is A-plus work. And A, no, 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 no. But I also love this, like, recurring theme where we're like... Taking on, you know, school projects as, like, main point. Like, because the, the Vietnam War Vietnam Memorial was that. Yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and teacher, her, yeah. the teacher gave it a B2. And I was like, or some, it was like a horrible, she, they got a horrible grade. I mean, it was just yeah, and so then, funny to me. And the teacher had also applied his design to be a part of the Vietnam War Memorial. And he did not get it. But the student did. Who he gave, like, but I don't know, it was like did. a C minus or a D2. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm, yeah. Honey. Yeah. Okay, number 44? Yeah, 44. Jeez Louise. Okay. (sighs) There is only one U.S. president buried in Washington, D.C. Can you guess who it is? Give you one guess. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Total stab in the dark. Uh, Madison. No, it is none other than enemy of the show, Woodrow Wilson. No. Yes. No. Yes. Where where is he buried? Is he buried in Arlington? In the in the national uh, cathedral area. Oh my gosh, that's Mm -hmm. so wild. Mm Hmm. Oh, this is my Jimmy. This is my Jimmy Carter note. Okay, great. Yeah. So number forty-five, Jimmy Carter, the thirty-ninth president, was the first to be born in a hospital. The first president to be born in a hospital. I know. 
He was born in 1924. Not all of Carter's successors were born in hospitals. Post-Carter presidents Reagan and George H.W. Bush were not born in hospitals, which is wild to me. Like, George H.W. Bush just died. Like, to me, like, not being born in a hospital is, like... Crazy. It's just insane. Like, crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, seven previous presidents, including Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln, were born in log cabins. Sure. Meaning more U.S. presidents have been born in log cabins than (laughs) hospitals. We love to see it. Yeah. We love to see it. (laughs) Yep. Okay. This is now technically the last one that I have because three of mine, we were the same as yours. So here's my last one. The United States has 42,000 zip codes. You can look up all but one. The president's secret zip code. (gasps) The U.S. Postal Service issues a new personal zip code to each incoming president to help manage the large volume of correspondence that the first family receives. The special code ensures that important and personal mail reaches the president and his family or her family when the time comes. Yes. Her family, his family, their family. Their family. That's wild. I didn't know that existed. Me either. All right. Bring us home. Which one are we on? What is this? I did just 46. I just did 46. So number 47. Our fourth president, James Madison, became the first U.S. president to declare war in 1812 against the British. It would be more than 30 years until the next official declaration of war in 1846 when President James K. Polk declared the Mexican-American War. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Number 48. Al Capone. Uh, I feel like this is like a known fact, but I just kind of... Just do it. it just we feel so we can do dot. So Al Capone, one of the most famous American criminals of all time, spent most of the 1920s smuggling illegal alcohol and murdering his enemies. But the crime that finally got him caught and sent to prison in 1931 was, we know it, we love it, tax evasion. Tax evasion. Tax evasion. It just goes to show you, you can murder people, you can do illegal activity. Make sure your books are in order, because they'll fuck you up. Make sure your books are in order. When a 1927 Supreme Court ruling declared that bootleggers had to pay income tax, Capone's downfall began. At first, he pled guilty, thinking he would only receive a short sentence. When the judge told him that wasn't true, he agreed to go to trial. He was sentenced to 11 years in federal prison. Mm-hmm. Went to Alcatraz. Yeah. Oh, so funny you should say that because my next fun fact is about Alcatraz. And I definitely yes! threw that in for you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. This one is... Be- so it's like it's like we've never spent time apart. That's how close mm-hmm. we are. All right. Number 49. 36 different people tried to escape from Alcatraz during its 29-year time as a federal prison. Most of them either died during the attempt or were caught. But in 1962, three criminals vanished from the prison. They made a raft out of stolen raincoats, left dummy heads in their beds, Ferris Bueller style, and escaped by climbing through a ventilator, according to the FBI investigation of the events. While pieces of their raft were found, the three men themselves were not the FBI turned the case over to the U.S. Marshal Service in 1979. The U.S. Marshal Service is technically still on the case, dun, 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 mm-hmm. though it's all but certain that the men are no longer still alive, even if they did survive their escape. Uh, the I escape love from Alcatraz is my favorite thing in the world. I love those boys. So- They're like family to me, really. <laughs> also, the film is great if you haven't seen it. Clint Eastwood before he was really crazy. Oh my god, I haven't seen it. I oh, it's great. Do you want to watch? It's it. a fun time. This is wild. I love. I, I like. I just. Yeah. I, they shot it at Alcatraz. That's what's crazy. Oh really? Yeah, oh, wow. they shot it at Alcatraz. I hope at some point we find out what happened to them. I'm sure their bones are at the bottom of whatever body of water that is. Yeah, probably. So fifty, which is just a wild story, and. I almost didn't put it in. I'm glad I did. Okay, number 50, fun fact, fun fact. Though the many health benefits of tomatoes are are widely known today, a mere 200 years ago, there was a widespread belief that they were poisonous. Though they were wildly popular in Mexico and much of Europe, a tomato scare hit England and subsequently the colonies when a surgeon named John Gerard wrote a book called The General History of Plants in 1597. In the book, he claimed that tomatoes were deadly because they contained a chemical called tomatine, 
Which, it's true, it is in tomatoes, but it's not nearly enough to, like, kill you. It's the same reason why, like, yes, dogs are allergic to chocolate, but if they eat, like, you know, a bite of a Hershey's candy bar, they're not going to die. Thanks to Gerard's mostly bogus book, much of England and the United States remained tomato shy for the next 200 years. Jeez. Talk about impact. Right? Mm -hmm. Talk about an impact. It's almost like that study that was done about vaccines. Um, (laughs) And... Finally, in 1820, a man named Robert Johnson staged a tomato trial on the steps of a New Jersey courthouse. He ate a full basket of tomatoes and did not die. Congratulations. Way to be in a, the hero that everybody needed. Yes, yes. He was like, y'all are fucking nuts. Cut this shit open, throw some salt on it, and call it a day. Let's go. This is delicious. I love that. Oh what God. a good one so to funny. end on, too. Seriously, right? So good. Very nice. So it just shows how far we've come. How far we've come yeah. as a nation and also yes. this podcast because we're both tomato eaters. We're both tomato we eaters. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But that was our fun facts episode and our hundredth episode. This is like my dream come true to do only fun facts. Only fun facts. I love I know. that. And now we're looking ahead to a new year, new episodes. It's going to be wild, you guys. I hope you're ready for it. We're going to get Roger Sherman on the show. Sure, yeah. We're going to call Roger. (laughs) Be like, Rog, what (laughs) happened? Where are you? What is happening? He's going to be, where are you? Funny you ask. My plate is wide open. Please have me on your show. Yeah, I know, right? He's ready to be booked, and we're ready to book him. But in the meantime, we love you guys so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.